<laughs> it's an honor to uh, get to share with you this morning, and uh, we're going to be talking about going where you've never gone before. There's a uh, feeling a lot right now. It's good. <laughs> You know, our, uh, our world is, <clears throat> is waking up, and it has been waking up for a few months, and, and we aren't waking up to the where things used to be. We're waking up and going where we've never gone before. We're going places, and the Lord has a plan in the midst of all of it. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't know, maybe think about some of the things, the moments that you've had where... You went somewhere that you had never been before. Um, I remember one of the trips, the first time I was, one of the first times I was leading a trip out to a country. Uh, We were going to Thailand, and we had a group of youth, and we had kind of an off day. And we would take these, uh, we we went down to the river, and it was kind of our, our, our rest day, and we took these uh, bamboo. They had these, they had these long things of bamboo, 40 feet probably, and they tied them together with these uh, old tires, and those were our rafts. And then somebody else would have another long stick, and you know, could be going along. And we're going down this river, and you can only fit a few people on each one, so we had a handful of them as we're going down the river. And I'm looking up ahead, and. I'm hearing the girls on the next raft. They're screaming and yelling. They're like, ah, they're screaming, you know. And I'm like, oh, like, what's going on? You know, I, I, I've, I've never been here before. I don't know what it's like. I've never, I don't know what's going on here. And I, like, I kind of came around the corner and could see uh, one, of the guy, one of the guides that was, you know, had his stick deep in the water. He was flicking snakes back <coughs> to, the, to the raft behind him. Uh, laughing and he was just having the greatest time as they're screaming and stuff and I'm thinking oh my gosh this is crazy <laughs> this is not something that would happen in Southern California this is something that you know this is uh, so- something that ha- is happening where in a place I've never been before uh, <clears throat> I remember in India uh, one of the times we went to India there's <clears throat> worship and massive there's like a, a thousand uh, leaders in, in this one room and worship is is going off like crazy. People are people are jumping, yelling, like going full strength, full everything, everything, loud as all can be. Power cuts out, and for a couple of it, and it cuts out for a couple of I don't know at least two or three minutes. Worship didn't even it didn't even shift at all. It didn't even it wasn't even like the power it mattered at all. And they just kept worshiping with everything, regardless of, of uh, and, I, and, and it happened a few different times. It would, it would come back on, and then it would cut off, and they'd just keep going as if it, and if it didn't matter. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a place, this is something that I haven't, I haven't been in before. So as you're thinking about this, is some of the things, maybe you'll even jot something uh, in your phone or on your sheet there of, what's something that you're thankful for of a place that you've gone to that you'd never been to before. Another thought that I had was when uh, my daughter was first born, and she, uh, you know, her little baby body is on the 
thing and <clears throat> I put my hand over her and <clears throat> the doctor, you know, the nurse, the nurse comes up and sticks her with a needle and she starts crying and I, I had never felt that much rage towards a doctor before <laughs> as, a, as a very protective father and uh, I was feeling inside something like, oh wait, this journey of fatherhood is something that I've never experienced before. We're going places that we've never gone before. And, you know, with these youth that are up here, we have some amazing, amazing youth right now um, in their worship. And in, we have several of them that help out that are junior high leaders. And honestly, the, the youth that we have in this time right now, it's a unique thing. Because I think, you know that thing when somebody goes through a difficult time and... Uh, they grow from it. Um, in psychology, they call it, you know, everybody knows PTSD, but this is called uh, post-traumatic growth. There's actually people you can grow from your trauma and you can move forward. Well, um, you know, uh, so this group of youth right now, having walked through the pandemic, I'm seeing them seasoned in a way that I haven't seen people seasoned before. We've, they've also gone through some amazing some amazing challenges and choosing worship and choosing the Lord in the midst of life and loss. They just, they lean into Jesus and it is, I learn from them. So we are going places we haven't gone before. We're going to be looking at Joshua three and four today. And sometimes we don't really know our direction Sometimes it can be confusing, challenging. How do, we, how do we overcome? And the Lord always has a way for us to, to find his plan. And the best way is to find his plan in his presence. Joshua 3, 1 through 3 says this. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before, before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Something new is happening here. There is a shift here. We, uh, you know, this promise that was made all the way back to Abraham, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then you know, Moses delivering the Israelites. Now it's, it's beginning to move in a whole new direction. There is uh, probably not, there's no talk in the, in the Bible from this point on of the pillar of fire and the cloud, nor is there uh, the manna in the same way. God is doing something different. And in the same way, you know, like, this is coming off of the heels of the people of Israel 40 years earlier crossed the Red Sea and that was a, a birthing of a nation through deliverance. And now there is like a rebirthing, but it is a rebirthing through the waters of crossing over this Jordan. It's a rebirthing of the nation with this younger generation and they are not battleless 
It's not that the battle's over. Sometimes when we see a new thing or we have a mindset of something new, we have in our minds that there's not going to be a war. Oh, the battle's already won. I, don't, I, I, I just want my comfort. You know, we, want, we like our comfort. <clears throat> we do. You know, uh, whatever your uh, social media injection of choice or, uh, you know, uh, Amazon Prime, Netflix, you know, whatever it is, we like our comforts. And God calls us into this place of, not only does he call us into this place of focusing, um, he calls us into a place of focusing on him. Here, the ark goes out before them. And this is kind of a crazy thought to me. One of the things is that we see in here is that the ark that goes out before them, it's about three football fields in front of the people. And I, at first I thought, well, that's kind of distant. Like, you know, I'm thinking it through my own lens. You know how you do that sometimes? And you're like, oh, oh yeah, the Old Testament. Oh, yeah, God's distant. And he like started. But then I, I was reading some different commentaries, and this guy's like, uh, no, duh. Like, one of the practical things is that people would need to be able to see it. There's, you know, and I was like, oh, that's right. Because if I'm standing right here, I mean, there's the holiness aspect of the, the ark and, 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 and the whole thing with the, the tabernacle and all those pieces. But there's also the component of if the ark was right here and I'm following the ark and there's like, you know, maybe two million other people, uh, it's not going to work out very well. God set it out with a plan in mind and he set it out in a way that is a great example for us that when we are stepping into something new, we do it with Him. We set our sights on Him and what He's doing, and we lean into those places through all the ups and the downs. Um, in here, it says that, you know, what we just read in uh, verses 1 through 3, what we just read was, you know, there are... They didn't, it's, it's almost like they didn't know what to do. They were, they were on the bank, and for three days, they camped out there. They were camping out there, and I think about this. I think, okay, here's the river, the Jordan River. They're all camped out. There's like 600, a few months earlier, they had done a tally, and there's like 602,000 uh, men and so you double that. That's about a million to, uh, you know, with men and women. And then, uh, and then you had kids in there. It's probably, it could be around a couple million people. But here's the scene. They're on the riverbed. Oh, thank you. They're on the, uh, you know, on the on the shore, and what happens is the priests go to step into the water. They have this treasure chest. You know, it is their treasure. This gold treasure chest out in front of them. Three, fo- three football fields. It's, isn't that kind of weird? Like, okay, weird in the sense that all the soldiers are like three football. You know, the, the rest of the, the, they, they go across. But here the priests are three football fields out in front of everybody. And they're following the, you know, sometimes the Lord does, invites us into things that in a, in a, you know, like, I don't know if rational mind's the right word, but you know, in a earthly mindset is, oh my gosh, that doesn't make any sense. I would be sitting on the riverbed wanting to know, okay, wait, once we get across this river, 
I know that Jericho on the other side of the river is only about four or five miles away from the river, other riverside. I want to know the plan, God. I want to know right now before I cross the river, what does it look like? How are we going to do that over there? Don't, doesn't that, doesn't that touch something inside of you? Like, I want to know, okay, wait, I'm okay. I'll cross Lord, but you got to give me the plan on how I'm going to do battle once I get over there. And there's no sign that they actually had that yet. What the battle was, the, the thing was focus on the Lord in this moment, in the present moment. Exodus 33:11, I think is one of the ways it shows us how the pattern of how Joshua got his plans from the Lord. You know, they would, it says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. He's following Moses' example. They would set the tent out before the tabernacle or temple was... was, was, was before that, they were even a thing. They just took a tent, set it outside of the camp. Moses would go, have his, would go have his time with the Lord, and Joshua was right there in the presence. And he, and he waited in those places. Or maybe he, Joshua got some of it here from Joshua 1, 6 through 9. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Sorry, that was just six, I think. But be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. I'm going to read that one more time. (laughs) Can we just say, let's just read, actually, can we read this together? Let's read this together. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Joshua knew he needed to be strong and courageous when things on the earthly level kind of didn't make sense. And it's an invitation to us. Because so many times there's a war that goes on in our minds that goes on just in the, in the, in the world and the stuff that we see or the media. It's just we get caught up in different things and mindsets and the fear. Just stuff gets, gets a hold of our attention. And the Lord is saying, no, I want to be at the center and be strong and courageous and lean into me. Trust in me. Joshua 3, 4 says, then you will know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before. Sorry. (laughs) It's on the next page of my notes. (laughs) Since you have never been this way before. You've never been this way before. It's in my message title. It should have have stuck with me. Uh, But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits. So that's the three football fields. Fixing our eyes on the Lord. Um, And this is a practical thing. Sometimes I, I like to think too, you know, here, something had shifted in the atmosphere, and it reminds me, I keep thinking of something that's been resonating in my spirit is that Jabez prayer. Some of you that may remember years ago, these two verses that were taken and made into a, a, whole, a whole book was made about it, and it was so, it was so crazy because I was like, oh, that's, that, that's really powerful because here's a genealogy of this person and this person and this person, and then it gets interrupted 
in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10 and says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Oh, that's fun. Um, <clears throat> Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Interrupted. There is a shift here. One of the things that we can do when we are going into a place that we've never gone before is to prepare our hearts. Joshua 3.5 says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves. If there's something that, even as you came in here today, there's something you just even take 30 seconds if you need to take a moment and get right with the Lord. Is there someone who maybe just ask him, Lord, is there someone that I need to forgive? Is there someone that I need to let go or some situation that I need to lean into you and trust you with in a new way? Because you're, God is doing something different all across the face of the earth. Joshua 3, 6 through 11 says this, Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the river of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. These guys are standing in a surreal moment in my, I mean, when I look back on it, I think, oh my gosh, this is very, almost like, is this really real? Sometimes this has, sometimes when we step into something new, it kind of feels like that. Like maybe some of the graduating seniors, maybe you feel like, oh my gosh. I remember when, when I, after I had been in school for 12 years, I thought, this is crazy. I can't believe I'm actually here now. And you know what that's like. I remember it on my wedding day. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm, he- I'm actually here right now. We have these altar moments in our lives where, it's, where, we, think, where we realize, I can't, believe I'm, I can't believe this is happening. This is surreal. And this does go back all the way to Abraham. This promise that these priests are now standing in, they are crossing over into, the, into this new promise. Remember that what happens at this Jordan River, there were a handful of things that had happened in the past. Elijah uh, and Elisha cross over here on dry ground. In the future, Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River. Uh, Elisha heals Naaman's leprosy. And this is also where, the, uh, if you remember the axe head floating story, this, this crossing of the Jordan, sometimes I, th- I look at it and I think, oh, well, it wasn't really as big as the Red Sea, you know. I don't know if you guys ever do that, but I'm like, no, the Red Sea was bigger. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, I do. I, I, I have done that some, and so I was looking up. I started looking up, well, how big was the Jordan River really? You know, at flood time, because right now it doesn't flood. I, I, this is all stuff that I was re- soaking in. I was soaking in? <laughs> Get it? Uh, <laughs> I'm a dad. I have a license. Um, so, uh, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> It's really good, I'm sure. Uh, oh my gosh. River of flood time. Thank you. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> okay, so the river at flood time, right now, it doesn't really flow because the, uh, the waters from it are taken for farms in, uh, ahead of, uh, like up more upstream to the country of Jordan and to Israel. So it doesn't, there's, uh, there's not really a whole lot that's there now. But in biblical times, in the Old Testament, during this time, when it was flowing, when it would fl- flood like that, I found even some conflicting different ways of, uh, different interpretations of how big it was. Somebody had said that, um, for my Google tells me so, that it was like, uh, sorry, I did a little more research than Google, but, uh, that it was maybe, you know, 10 feet. One person said, one commentator said he, he, he looked really smart because he was on the uh, YouTube Bible video with the land and behind him. And I was like, oh, he's probably really smart. Um, and he said it was like 100 feet deep. <laughs> and <clears throat> the, uh, the width of it, you know, was somewhere between uh, 100, 100 feet to, uh, I saw a handful of different people. Some said a half a mile or even up to uh, two miles when it was flooded, you know, it was, it was flooded. The idea is that it's big and an army is not going to be able to cross it. It took a miracle to do it. And one of the things that imprint that, that stands out to me on that is that God had this plan. You know, instead of comparing the, oh, that, you know, the Red Sea was bigger, this one was smaller. What, <clears throat> what stood out to me was that, oh, God is using a language here from the past generation, <laughs> this is a good word, from the story of the past generation and how they had encountered God, that was the framework for what the next generation stood on. It's important that we know the stories of what God's done in the generations before us and that we pass them on to the generations in front of us. Uh, so here, the priests are in the water, don't have a plan, don't know the plan yet, except, hey, the plan is stand in the water. And what happens is, you know, earlier, a couple chapters earlier, they had told Joshua, the people of Israel had told Joshua, you know, everything you command us, we will do. And I wonder, I wonder what it was like standing in that place, you know, standing in the promise, oh my gosh, we're really here. But at the same time, we told them, okay, we told them we'd be here. We're, we're standing here. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what the plan is. I could see maybe fear in the background, but you got to lean in. We have to lean into the promise. Let's look at verse 9. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Perizzites? Yes. Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. I actually practice these out loud. Um, <clears throat> see, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. We each have our own ites. We each have our own things that come against us. Sometimes they come against us individually and sometimes corporately. Anyone had some kind of problem ites come against you? Okay. Okay, just checking. 
So, um, they leaned in to these, the people of Israel leaned into these living memories, these memories of the past, these memories of what the generations had done before them. And, uh, you know, these, these, we think of, when we think of Moses and crossing water, we usually think of the Red Sea, like we've been talking about. But when we look back at it even further, Moses was the one who's, you remember back even further, he was in that basket and his life goes over the waters and he enters a kingdom. God is so crazy the way that he sets things up that he would take Moses, one of those, you know, one of the slaves, slave babies, and would raise him up to then deliver them across water. That Hebrew even means, the word Hebrew means cross over. There is a crossing over, I believe, that we are in right now in the spirit. And I believe God has a good plan in the midst of it. You know, God is, remember, remember God? Remember the one who took the worst news in all of humankind's history, that humankind kills God. That's bad news. God shows up in human form and we as humankind kill him. That's the worst news in the history of humankind. And yet God turns it around and makes it the best news for humankind. That's the God that we serve. And that's what he does. He takes even the worst situations. And sometimes those are his favorite, I think. Because he transforms them like that phrase. He t- it, you know, your, your tears point you to your destiny. He, 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 he takes those places where they mean something to us. They have value to us. They cost us something. And, it, and he invites us into more. Joshua 3, 12 through 13 says this, Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set uh, foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and in, in a heap. Um, let's continue on. Uh, because this has to do with pressing into the promise. Joshua 3.14, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest, yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water upstream stopped flowing. When we, stop, when we step into waters with the Lord, the water changes. Something shifts. When we step into a barrier that has been a barrier for generations, but we're following the Lord, the atmosphere changes. Something shifts. So when we have barriers that come up in our lives, we want to always, always be centering, okay, where's the Lord in this moment? What is, what is God doing in this moment? Because I don't want to miss what he's doing because then I might not actually cross the river. Remember, remember this journey from uh, Egypt to the promised land only takes 11 days. It takes 11 days to make the journey. Yet, they're going, you know, going in circles because of their grumbling for 40 years. 
an 11-day journey, 40 years, because they grumbled and didn't trust the Lord. Because remember this part? Remember how the spies, what happened with the spies in that part? How many, how many spies did Moses send into the land? Twelve. One from each tribe. And then you remember that what happened was to come back, Joshua and Caleb, that had a good report. The other ten were like, the other ten were like, oh, there's no way we can do it. It's impossible. And Joshua and Caleb are, hey, this is awesome. We got to go after this. We can do this. The Lord is with us. We got this. They leaned into the, trusting the Lord. How much does that suck for Joshua and Caleb? They made the right decision, and yet they're with people for 40 years. They, made, they were just grumbling. They were stuck in this place. How many spies did Joshua send in? Two. Joshua sends in two spies. This is interactive. I'm a youth pastor. <laughs> Joshua sends in two spies, which I think is pretty funny. Here Joshua sends in, he's like, hey, it worked better when it was just me and Caleb. So uh, we're just going to send in the two. Okay? So he sends in the two. But wait, there's more. All right. So we're going to come back to that. So verse uh, 16, it says, the, the water piled up in a heap at a great distance away at a co- town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is a dead sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. They're crossing over opposite Jericho. Now, one of the commentaries I was reading, it says that, this, that Jericho was kind of up on a hill. And it's about four or five miles away. And they claimed that Jericho could probably see what was happening. Could you imagine that? You're somebody up in the tower, and here you know the story that was told for 40 years of that other nation, that other nation that was birthed out of Egypt, that they crossed the Red Sea. And now, could you imagine... Looking across and being like, it's 16 miles from Adam to the Dead Sea. And it stops all of a sudden. And now all of a sudden, there is a sea of people coming across. Wouldn't you? I mean, I, I, just, can you imagine? I think, you know, remember they say in the town that their hearts melted with uh, fear. And, and I think there was something of that in this kind of a moment. Oh, that's crazy. Like God sets things up. God sets things up really well. So, you know, in this, Joshua and Caleb, where's their complaint? They did things right. Where's their complaint? There's no, like, lamentations of Joshua. You know, there's not. We don't see, uh, we don't see Joshua do anything. But hey, let's go forward. Uh, the Lord's with us. We're going to lean into Him. He must have had really good therapy. In that tent, I think is what it was. He had really good Holy Spirit therapy in that tent. <clears throat> Romans 8:28 says, "And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him." 
who have been called according to his purpose. Joshua and Caleb got this right before the verse was even written. They knew the essence of it. They knew the essence of who their God was, who their God is, and who their God is continuing to be. We don't fight our situations for victory. We fight, we don't fight for victory. It's not a thing we have to strive for. It's a thing that when we lean into God and we lean into his presence, we fight from a place of victory. So in this last part, we, uh, we read about some of, you know, this is all about the promise of what God has, has done God has said would happen through the generations. And I wonder, what are some of the promises God's given you? What are some of the promises that he's put on your heart? Maybe there are things that he's spoken to you and he's made it really clear. Maybe it's something that, maybe these promises that he's given you are things that you see in his word that you continue to declare over your life and lean into because that's all you have. But I wonder what some of the promises are that God has over you. Because God has promises for this hour, for this time. <clears throat> Verse 17, the priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stepped in the middle. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stepped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the entire nation had completely crossed on dry ground. Um, most uh, one of the other things in uh, Joshua 4, 4, 9 let's jump to there so Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed Mike talked about this last week uh, when he was talking about memorials he called one from each tribe this is part of where I wanted to get okay wait wait Moses sends out the 12 spies okay 10 out of 12 uh, out of 12 bad report Two are great. Joshua. Okay, I'm just going to send two spies. But what Joshua does next is in remembering the goodness of what God did. Oh, let's make sure we get one from each tribe. (laughs) Everybody, one person from each tribe, go out into the river, grab a stone. We're going to set it up on the other side. And we're going to remember what what God did in splitting this sea. You guys good? You guys doing good? Okay, we got just a few more minutes here. Verse 5, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder. I should have read this first, but according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the Lord, of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan... The waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. What stones are your children asking you about? What stones, you that are parents, are your children asking you about? There should be things in our lives where it's, and and probably most of us in this room have things in our lives that are memorial stories. One of my kids, my youngest, he's every night he's like. Dad, almost every night he's like, Dad, will you tell me a story? And you know that thing when they're, when they're young, I'm like, 
sometimes, sometimes I'm really not feeling it. And so I'm like, oh, maybe tomorrow night, buddy. And then I'm like, oh, I got it away. No, I'm okay. I'll do it tonight. I'll do it tonight. And so I kind of go through this back and forth thing, you know, and, and we had this whole fiction world created of superheroes. And, and sometimes I would kind of encounter, like have Holy Spirit encounters with the superheroes. And, and then, so we did this for like a series of many, many nights. And then, and then he got to this point where he's like, dad, I want to know a real story about when you were a kid. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, when I was a kid. Gosh, that was a long time ago. Uh, and so, you know, that thing with kids, that aliveness, that wonder, where there's something about releasing the wonder of the stories of the things that God has done in the generations, in our generations, and in the generations to come. We want to make memories for future generations to remember what God does. And these all are attached to this appreciation of the things that he's done, the thankfulness of the things that he's done. Maybe even take a moment and just remember a couple of the things that he's done and write a key word down there of something that you uh, love that God's done in your life or that he's doing recently. So they took these stones up. And let's see. I want to really read uh, Revelation 4, 8. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings, day and night. They never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The, the God who was back in the Red Sea, if we were to take it from the present moment of our story, back in the Red Sea or even back further to when Moses is that baby crossing over, who was back then? Well, now, who is, as we're standing at this riverbed, and there's something that God is calling us out into, something that God wants us to cross over into, and who is to come, the one who, it reaches the future generations, and that no matter what is happening on in the world, that we can lean into the Lord and trust Him, that we can go after His heart, that we can let go of our fears, that we can be strong and courageous, that we can press into his love, that he has a purpose and that he has a destiny because we're remembering the stories of the past and we're declaring them over our present and we're leading into the promises that he's already given us and that we declare by his word and we go after the things because there's a future that he has for us that we have to lay hold of. This life is but a breath. We only have but a time. This is our hour. This is our time. We, this is not the time to be afraid. This is not the time to, to, to get down and, and not, not get down. To, to, this is not the time to, uh, this is not the time to shelter in place. You get the point of what I'm saying. This is the time to live a quality of life that God has called us into. God has more for us. He has for us to do it, to participate with others, to do this with people. And in this story, one of the things that happens is that there are priests that go out before, which I think is crazy because then there's the 40,000 warriors that go out. And then there's the other, like almost, you know, the rest of the people of Israel, they come along and uh, every person has their role. We each have a role in this time. We each have a role in this hour. What I would like to do is, uh, um, you know, could I have our youth leaders stand up where you're at, those of you that are in this room, if you are a youth or an adult? Where's our other youth leaders? The, yeah, there you go, yeah. Where's our other high school leaders? 
Oh, over here. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> these leaders are amazing. They like stay up till seven in the morning, you know, doing all-nighters, and they go after having. Uh, they go after pressing into the Lord and worshiping even when it doesn't feel all right. We have a. Uh, I'd like to do something just real quick before we do this graduation thing, and that is. You know, we have people in this room knowing that have a different role. We have a lot of different people in this room that have a different role that we serve. If you were in the coffee ministry, would you would you uh, stand up? You guys in the back, or if you're an usher in our church, would you stand up? Or if you're a group leader of some kind, would you just would you stand up where you're at? If you serve on one of our worship teams. Would you stand up where you're at? If you serve in some capacity in our church, would you, just, would you stand up where you're at? And could we just honor them in their role? And we just thank you for taking on your role. We are all called to have some kind of a role. So with that, Eighth graders.